interns. Because mythology is the greatest soap opera of all time. With your cultural interns, Eris. And Z. Interns, because we're not professionals. And we're not getting paid. Hey guys, it's Eris. And I'm Z. And today we are starting our Basic Bitches Summer Reading List. We're starting off with vampires and... Yeah, that's all you need to know. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we do that every time. We're just like, this is our topic. And we're gone. That's it. Do your own research. I'm out. Um, Yeah, we're starting with vampires. We we gave you a list of books that we... uh, we're going to read now have read mm-hmm. last episode so to 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 go over that again uh i read again lost souls by poppy z bright mm-hmm. we read together mm-hmm. together but separately yeah. vampire <laughs> academy by rochelle mead yes yes and then you um i reread the first book in the morganville vampire series by rachel kane mm-hmm. um and then i kind of did the like the the footnotes of a bunch of other books that I have previously read. So like Twilight, House of Night by PC Cast and Kristen Cast. Oh shoot, I read that. Yeah. Like, like um, ages ago. Yeah. Um all oh over Christmas I actually had read All I Want for Christmas is a Vampire <laughs> by Carolyn Sparks. So I didn't reread that one. I had read that one a few months ago. Uh, and then like Sunshine by Robin McKinley and Vampire Kisses by Ellen Schreiber. So you need to pause the episode now. Go find those books at your local library, read them, and then start listening to this this podcast again. Yeah. We'll wait. Yeah. Okay. Good. Now that you read them. <laughs> All right. Now we're ready to talk. So what are some of the tropes that the the kind of overall like that the that these books shared? I think probably the biggest one, and this one definitely harkens back to Dracula, mm-hmm. is the sexy, mysterious, many times foreigner. Yeah. Um, who is the vampire? Yes. Um, in Twilight, it's sexy, mysterious Edward, and as far as like the foreigner part goes, it's kind of that he's from a different century. Yeah. Yeah. He's like he's foreign to his time because he yeah. has, a, has an older style of speech and dress and mannerisms. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. In the Vampire Academy series, it's definitely Dimitri, which yeah. is just like Literally the ultimate the fo- hot guy name, like yeah. Rus- hot Russian guy name. Yeah. Um. And he's he's Russian, in case you didn't know, and he's <laughs> tall, dark, and handsome. Right. In Morganville Vampires, actually, like. I guess we should have just done a full-on, like, beginning, like, spoilers. We're obviously going to discuss the contents of these. This is why we had you read them. So if you haven't... Like, why did you come back? You should pause. Yes. We'll wait again. And then we'll wait again. Okay, so now that you're back. Um, (laughs) In in Morganville Vampires, there is a dark, mysterious character, but he's not the one that the main character gets with. Huh. Okay. So, but there is that element in there. Right. Let's see. In Sunshine, it is absolutely... The, the love interest whose name I'm blanking on. But, you know. Um, and then in House of Night, I want to say it's, like, basically all the characters. Yeah, vampires are kind of known to be, like, you're a vampire, so it automatically puts you into some otherworldly category. Yeah. Not in the supernatural sense, like, you're no longer human, but literally, like, well, now you're just sexy and mysterious. Yeah. Like, it yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter if you drink blood or not. Like, you were a four, and now you're a nine. <laughs> that, and that literally happens in Twilight. Like, I, I feel like a lot of, almost everybody has seen the movies, probably, mm-hmm. um, just because they got so big. But in the books, they literally describe, like, Bella was very average 
looking before she became a vampire. And then she became a vampire. And all of a sudden she's like crazy hot to everybody. Yeah. Other than Edward. Like, cause yeah. he thought she was crazy hot the whole time. Yeah. So, you know. Each his own. Yeah. Each his own. Whatever. <laughs> even in Lost Souls, you have the very classic vampire. And they even talk about him being a creature of his own past. Mm. Which is Christian. Uh, the owner of the bar. Because <laughs> oh. of course. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and then, you, but then you also have uh, Zilla, who isn't necessarily a foreigner, but is, um, they describe him as like this weird, like, like exotically beautiful. Mm-hmm. His features on paper seem, like if you're just reading his resume, mm-hmm. he has red hair, he has green, no, yeah, he has green eyes because they keep talking about the whole chartreuse thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he has very fox like features with like a high cheekbones and a pointed chin. Mm. He's very pale. He's very thin. He's like very androgynous, that kind of thing. He doesn't necessarily have the whole like Eastern European the one to suck your blood, like which is Christian. He doesn't know how to wear a normal jacket. <laughs> like a character even mentions the fact when he goes out, like when he when he's tending his bar, he's like, okay, I'm wearing a button up and slacks. Right, right. But then when he leaves to go feed, he has to put on a literal cape because he's like, it just doesn't seem right to leave one's house without wearing a cape. This is what you wear when you leave your house. Of course. Of course. And they're like, it's the fucking 80s, dude. <laughs> wear a fucking jacket. <laughs> Look at what everyone... You killed eight people. Take one of theirs. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so, so you have, so you have Christian who is like the trope. And then mm. you have Zilla who's like the modern trope of this mm. like almost fae like, yeah. as opposed to strictly I'm from another country. It's like, I'm from another world. Okay. So. All right. I dig, I dig, I dig. Um, okay. So then other than tall, dark, mysterious, vaguely foreign mm-hmm. man, I think uh, another really common one is um, like the demure, innocent girl that like is trying to get her, get her toes wet in this right. dark, mysterious world. Yeah. So Twilight, obviously. Bella. Bella. In Vampire Academy, I don't know if I would really say that that's the case because the main character, Rose, is like born into the world. Well, yeah, Rose is a dampier, so mm. she has almost a different kind of set of tropes herself. Yeah. I would yeah. almost go as far as say Lissa. That's, yeah, that's kind of what I was Because thinking. even though she's vampire from birth, yeah, she has that like... Prim proper. She's thin, she's blonde, she's pale. Mm-hmm. Rose is trying to protect her. Rose keeps talking about how every time Lissa feels a dark emotion, Rose wants to protect Lissa from herself. Yeah. Um, if you don't see, I'm very, well, I'm obviously you don't see this, you're just hearing it. <laughs> I'm like throwing my shoulders around very melodramatically like, no, I have to protect you, Lissa. Yeah. Oh God. And I'm like throwing my hands to my forehead like I'm about to swoon. Yeah. Um, as one does. And this is very much in the book. <laughs> <laughs> every single time like Lissa go, every single time Lissa gets angry or wants to seek revenge or something for something that honestly like I would too like the characters get very mean in this book and Lissa's like you hurt my friend I'm gonna get you back Rose is all of a sudden like you can't think this way you but you're pure and innocent yeah let's keep you so and Lissa's like bitch they said horrible things about you 
I will beat him up. <laughs> right, which is what a good friend does. Right, yeah. <laughs> and Rose is like, but that's what I'm here for. I'm the fists of this relationship. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Having said that, I like both of those characters. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I'm kind of harping on them, but, like, I really do respect Rose. And she might not be a cool person to meet in person. Yeah. she seems very intense and kind of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I respect the fact that She's just like, but my little tiny friend is so breakable. <laughs> and Lissa's just yeah. like, I'm seven ounces of fury. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, so Vampire Kisses by Ellen Schreiber definitely has the tall, dark, foreign male figure trope. Yeah. Uh, but also, kind of another twist on it is the main character, while she's human, she's like really into that and has like always watched horror movies and stuff. Okay. Um, so, so that kind of shows like the dark side. Like there's, yeah. I've noticed that it, we've moved away from... From the Dracula time, mm-hmm. which is foreigner seduces otherwise purely innocent woman and yeah. like kind of xenophobically like Yee. like obviously these foreigner you know which is fucking terrible yeah. Stoker why now in like modern times we have this foreigner slash semi outcasty someone who's mm-hmm. not other. Yeah, we have the other who comes in, someone who's not normal, like, of the norm, who approaches the the often innocent girl who already has, like, a spark of darkness in her. Yeah. Like, she, like, it's it's kind of, it's almost one of these weird, vaguely Christian... Preacher's daughter. Preacher's, yeah. well, like, preacher's daughter, but, like, the, you know, like, there's, like, the morality kind of play with the whole, like, this is why you don't invite Satan into your house. Like, yeah. kind of, like, oh... You were playing the video games. This is why you died. Kind of like one of those kind of things where like you shouldn't have been interested in dark things or death or whatever. Like it's not going to happen to literally everyone alive on this planet. I Um, super love that like the preacher's daughter trope is kind of like this sweet, innocent girl who mm -hmm. is easily tempted when like living in the Bible Belt. If you have ever met a preacher's daughter, like, she is the temptress. Yes. (laughs) That trope is so wrong. (laughs) Yes. I have, um, met, uh, we'll just, we'll we'll leave it at met. Many a Catholic girl. (laughs) They like to party. (laughs) So. (laughs) There's a little bit, like, an up updating from mm. the kind of racist trope to less racist morally morally questionable but less racist yeah you, you see that a lot in um the very beginning of lost souls mm-hmm. you have a character named jesse who literally comes in seeking the vampires is like as she and she she dressed very hot topic goth <laughs> She's got a choker. She's wearing a black dress. Mm, you know, she's yeah. wearing lace gloves. She's wearing combat boots. She comes into Christian's bar because she has she has managed to figure out where the vampires are. Mm-hmm. And so she goes and she's like, I'm waiting to see the vampires. And Christian's like, you're like 16. And she's like, I'm waiting to be the vampire. You know, like. Yeah. And, and then she does, in fact, meet them. And it's hard to tell who's tempting who yeah. at that point. Um, there, There's definitely a moment where Zilla's like, I can't. Well, it's like she's more than offered. <laughs> At this point, it would be impolite to say no. <laughs> and then you also have Nothing, the name of the character, mm-hmm. where he is kind of Preacher's daughter and the same. He's delicate. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he has like, they describe, like, Poppy Z. Bright, like, really goes on at length describing his hip bones. Mm. Like, he has great hip bones, I guess. They just <laughs> talk about Nothing's hip bones for a while. He also, like, he seeks out. 
Mm-hmm. the vampires and seeks out well i mean like spoilers his family yeah it seems like on the one hand there's dark mysterious and on the other there's prim proper and pure mm-hmm. but also kind of to underlie that it seems like there is the resistant um to themselves into their own world kind of vampire trope and on the other hand like the tomboy girl who can kick ass and was very insistent that she can handle it. Um, I know in All I Want for Christmas is a Vampire by Carolyn Sparks, the male love interest is this Scottish vampire who's been around for many, many, many years. And the the female love interest is Tony, who has a very, you know, masculine name. And she, like, is literally a bodyguard for him. Okay. Um, and in Vampire Academy, there's Dimitri, who is like, we can't do this, you know, like our age and our world and da 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 da. And then Rose is supposed to be like basically a protege, or not or his protege, but also like kind of low key a prodigy, um, as far as like physically kicking ass. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting sometimes too when they try to combine those two characters or if they keep them separate. Mm hmm. Uh, as it's like, here's the innocent one that's there to be tempted and then occasionally ultimately fall for that temptation. Or sometimes it works out for the best, but they like come out with a lesson learned. And then there's like the kick-ass friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which More like, often not female. Yeah. Grow- growing up, I always wanted to be the kick-ass friend. Mm-hmm. And then I got into a job where like I literally keep people from beating each other up. So I feel like I'm, I might still low-key be the kick-ass friend. At least yeah, I hope you, so. You, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, you, you like, take people down. Yeah. I, I just yell at small children. That's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> yeah, some people have hobbies. Hey, guys, this is Eris cutting in here for our regularly scheduled commercial break. First, I'd like to thank Pack Mule Photography for sponsoring this episode. They are a photography business in Coweta, Oklahoma, and they specialize in personal and personnel photography. You can check them out at packmulephotography.com. I'd also like to thank Mac Boyle for producing this show and putting up with us and giving us valuable advice. He lets us crash his place, you know, a couple times a month and lets us make a lot of noise and he barely says anything about it. And uh, frankly, I've said it this before, but I think he's a saint and we should attribute some miracles to him so we can get that canonized. (laughs) Thank you so much, Mac. I'd also like to thank our listeners. You guys have been great. We've been getting tons of comments and we, I, we just appreciate you so much and we love that you like the show. Today's random fact of the day is all about ketchup. Initially, ketchup was a Chinese condiment. Uh, it was made from fermented fish. Europe was introduced to it mainly through trade um, and traders brought it back up to Europe and they warmed up to it because it could be kept for up to a year due to the fermentation of the fish. But when they tried to replicate it, a lot of recipes ended up calling for walnuts and oysters and mushrooms. In fact, mushroom ketchup was purportedly a favorite of Jane Austen's. It wasn't until around 1812 that the tomato was actually introduced to ketchup, except that weirdly made it not as popular because tomatoes did not keep for very long and frequently made the ketchup go bad. Except Europe, for whatever reason, kept trying at it. And it wasn't until about modern era that they started adding in essentially more chemicals, sodium benzoate, which made it last longer, unrefrigerated, etc. Except it was ultimately worse for you. And it so really wasn't until now in very modern day 
where we have refrigeration, which is why you should absolutely refrigerate your ketchup because it will go bad, where we've gone back to pure tomatoes and the vinegar and spices and keep it refrigerated. It is no longer like the original source material at all. (laughs) They're two totally different sauces. (laughs) And that's it. Let's go back to the episode. All right, so we're back. So we talked about popular tropes. Yes. One thing that we didn't talk about was uh, how vampires are turned in modern books versus Mm -hmm. traditional lore. Yeah, we've come to a consensus on how vampires or how a person can become a vampire pretty well at this point, which is not necessarily what the folklore suggests. If if you've listened to our classic vampire episode, which if you haven't, you totally should because that's a fun one. A very common idea of what vampires were were like basically zombies. Yeah. Uh, Just bloated corpses, super ugly, not sexy at all. Mm -hmm. There's definitely been a huge shift in pop culture with what vampires are now. Yes, where they they are like the creature of the night evokes this image of this beautiful and seductive person. Yeah. And even that, that one like that tempts you with their carnal desire, etc. Yeah. They're yeah. super hot and super bangable. It's essentially what they are. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the way they they change someone into a vampire is yes. very fetishized and oh, um, for sure. intimate, especially since, you know, rising from the dead was not an intimate thing. Yeah. Now it's the you drink my blood, I drink yours kind of mm-hmm. this this exchange of blood. Like mm. you take partake of my blood within you and you shall become like me. Because yeah. I just assume that's how all vampires talk. Um. So, so the moral of the story is if you exchange bodily fluids, you will die. That's a Mean Girls reference. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a vague. It's so long since I've seen that movie. Oh Regina God. George was a vampire! <laughs> <laughs> it makes so much more sense now. That's why she bounced back so quickly from being hit by a bus. Uh, uh? You're not wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like, even though, like, it's just, like, an exchange of body fluid, which I've even seen, I think, in um, the True Blood show. I want to, I might be confusing this with a movie, Mm -hmm. but there was a scene where like a vampire was changing, like, you know, their turned person. Mm -hmm. They were siring someone. Yeah, yeah. um, And they were doing it very clinically, Mm -hmm. um, which was in itself strange because I'm so used to seeing the trope of this like sexy embrace of like Mm. kissing the neck and it's very sexy. It's it's supposed to be. There's moaning and there's caressing and then out of kind of in the middle of it there's like a a sharp hiss and somebody gasps in pain and then oh they're a vampire. And then they're okay again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it, it is supposed to be very sexual. Mm-hmm. Really, it's an exchange of fluids. Which, yeah. Which, granted, one could argue that's basically what sex is anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, there's something else to it. There's, there's a little something, something else to it. Yeah. I feel like it'd be a lot cooler if we could just, like, spit in our hands, like, with a vampire and shake hands. Like, it'd be, it'd be a little bit more sanitary to mix yeah. fluids that way. Yeah. But... I, I can't... I, Honestly, I don't like that idea from a thematic point because the exchanging of blood, so vampires are very much like into blood, like they have to drink blood, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. In fact, frequently vampires can't eat anything at all. I've read lots of things. I, I'm not thinking of them now. <laughs> but right. I, I actually, I might have been part of the, the PC cast Night World mm-hmm. where like they couldn't eat because it turned to ashes in their mouth uh, kind of thing. Let's Twilight. 
Oh, it is Twilight? Yeah. Okay. Would, it, it's a very common thing, but yeah. like, yeah, like yeah. Twilight for sure. I, I remember that line um, because I, as a wee baby teenager, read them multiple times. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, no, that's, I, cool. that's cool. I was in high school when Twilight hit its peak. Because right. I think initially the it first... It was written like for you, because like, it was definitely geared at, yeah. here is the 16-year-old mindset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, I, think, I want to say the first book either came out in 2004 or 2007... Or something, and I graduated Probably four. four, I think, yeah. Um, and then I graduated in 2012, because so I was in college in 05, <laughs> and that's when I read them. I was just, I was just outside of that window to where I was reading them, going, eh, yeah, they're good. And I, and I, and like it kept me entertained, mm-hmm. but I, I, when I was done with them, I was going, Bella girl, we need to have a conversation <laughs> <laughs> about boundaries and abusive boyfriends. Like, well, like, yeah. you know, like, that's where I was at. But at the same time, like, I did, I powered through all of those books. I mean, I think in a weekend. Well, the first two, because I think mm-hmm. that's when I realized they were a thing. And then I, then was like waiting in line for the third one. Yeah. Um, I, I read the first three. And then, like, a year or two later, I think the fourth one came out. Yeah. And I want to say the fourth one came out pretty shortly after the first movie came out. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't one of those things where, like, I read the three books and then I kind of forgot about it. And then I read the fourth one. Like, it was in the midst of the craze. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Those were very well-timed books. Yeah. In terms of, like, keeping to the production schedule. Yeah. That's uh, true. Like I said, I was a little outside that window. <laughs> Where I was reading them and going like, I'm highly entertained. I need to talk to you personally <laughs> about your choice in men. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, there's this idea that the it's not just the bite that can turn you. Although I've definitely seen movies mm-hmm. that talk about that. We have, I think as like a literature culture, have settled on this idea that it needs to be an exchange or a complete overtake mm-hmm. of your blood. Like the blood is the very, like the key thing that holds vampires together. It's what yeah. they eat. In some cases they like, they always have to have it. Whether it's the only thing they can eat is kind of up for author's interpretation. Mm-hmm. In fact, in, in Lost Souls, Christian is one of like the old vampires. And so he can only drink blood. And that's it. That's his only form of sustenance. And very snake-like, he only needs it a couple times a month mm-hmm. kind of thing. While as the younger vampire, Zilla Twig, and I totally forgot the other boy's name. <laughs> Moreau, I think. They can eat certain things. They need blood. Mm-hmm. They frequently mix blood with wine. Mm-hmm. And they can drink that, which is also a reference to, I want to say, Comte de Domain, which is like this kind of famous New Orleans folklore thing about a, a vampire that lived in new orleans for yeah, a while in yeah. the 1800s he was pretty cool he murdered a lot of people whatever um he threw great parties yeah you know <laughs> if oscar wilde was a vampire it was him um, <laughs> but they can eat certain things they can they eat a lot of sugar mm-hmm. they eat a lot of sweets and highly sugar types of food and cake and stuff and they drink a lot of alcohol so there's like this weird like they almost can't do protein but they can do anything that metabolizes very quickly into just pure pure fucking sugar they Mm. can do like but there's like certain other things that they can't like fiber is like right out (laughs) no fiber there is not a bread like a a whole grain product in sight (laughs) so so do you think that's why vampires are so uptight because they have to shit real bad maybe (laughs) i mean i'm gonna say probably yeah i mean yeah (laughs) also like all liquid diet yeah that's gonna fuck some shit up yeah for sure for sure also they have to pee all the time 
Yeah. That's why they're constantly disappearing. Like, in the middle of conversations, they're like, like I'm being mysterious. Fuck, where's the closest bathroom? I gotta check up this. <laughs> oh my god, it's me. <laughs> yeah, hold up, guys. I gotta go. <laughs> um, I think that I kind of noticed um, a lot of, like, Harlequin and Avon books and mm-hmm. stuff that are, that kind of branch into the the supernatural genre are very much centered around vampires, uh, which all they want for Christmas is a vampire is an Avon book. And it's one of those that like is a very popular genre for like erotica and stuff, which kind of goes along with what you're saying, like how the exchange and the, uh, and it's like a one-on-one exchange. Yeah. 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 Vampire person. They're turning into a vampire. Yeah. One-on-one dark corner, etc. Yeah. There's not usually a lot of ritual to it. No. It's just like, you drink of my blood and I drink of yours. Aha! And it's like, now you're a vampire! Yeah, smushing maybe, booties Maybe after a, f- a period of rest. Yeah. And then you wake up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Vampire Academy, the there's a couple of different tiers of vampires. Yeah. And how you can change or become one. I guess the Maroi were... At least in the first book, you don't get how they first came about. Right. Um, I don't but believe. But it's like a genetic thing. Like, you're born Yeah, you're, you're, Maroi, bo- you're born, born a Maroi. By a Maroi mother and father. Um, and then if you have, like, one Maroi parent and one human parent, then you're a Dampier. And if a Maroi or a Dampier completely drains any other living human or vampire or whatever, then they become a Strigoi, which yes. is, like, the bad, the bad vampires. Also, more of the vampire that we think of, especially in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. The kind of Can't resist themselves. Yeah. yeah. The kind, more on the monstrous, like, monstrous compulsions. Like, whether, yeah. like, there's definitely still intelligent creatures, but they're a little bit more at the mercy of their own instincts at that point. Yeah. Which is kind of how we think of not the sexy vampire, but like the horror show vampire. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. And the I think the really fun thing and one of the big reasons we did uh, Vampire Academy to talk about on this, uh, this episode was because in classic vampire episode, we talked about the Strigas and the Strigoys and Dampiers, which are Albanian and Romanian. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of not a thing that you see super common in modern vampire books. Right. Um, up until, like, very recently. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's it's only really been in the last 20 years or so of publishing. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, like, I might have only read this five years ago, but, like, looking back at the copyright date. Right. It's something that's really only popped up in the very late 90s that the idea of this Dampier Mm-hmm. And in fact, Strigoi, I would say Dampier, for me personally, came into my consciousness before Strigoi did. Mm-hmm. I want to say Lily St. Crow did a, did a YA series called Strange Angels where she had Dampier in it. And mm-hmm. it was vaguely supernatural Hogwarts. Like oh, there was, there was like werewolves and vampires. And I think there was a couple like fae princesses roaming around yeah. and... I think the main character was Dampier, but didn't know it. Mm-hmm. If I remember right. I read I read the series a while ago. But her father was a hunter, like a la Buffy the Vampire Slayer mm. style. And then her mom was probably a vampire. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she was so, kind of coming to terms with that. Yeah. <laughs> of literally, not just two worlds, but opposing worlds. So so by that logic, in the fourth book, Bella's kid is a Dampier. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I never really thought about that, but okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. I just really hope no werewolves fall in love with a baby. Yeah, that was questionable. Well, I think I think that's a thing, too, that's kind of common in these books that kind of go on to these very standard tropes is, like, the age difference. Yeah. The mentor-mentee. Yes. The drinking blood is very much fetishized mm-hmm. in a lot of these, but also, like, um, in Vampire Academy... Dimitri and Rose. Rose is almost 17 and Dimitri's 24. Yeah. I remember reading this when I was like 15 or 16 and just like, oh my God, Dimitri is amazing. He's so sexy. Like, I wish I knew a Dimitri. But like, right. as a 25 year old, I cannot imagine dating a 17 year old. Like, that grosses me out. Yeah. And that's kind of not uncommon. Yeah. And there's there can be wildly different age ranges because I've read some books where the vampire is 300 years old and yeah. they're courting, you know, mid 20s or whatever. Yeah. Well, and in Twilight, Bella's. 16, 17, and yeah. Edward's 100 yeah. something. So yeah. age, age play is apparently a big thing. Yeah. Also, I've noticed in the more adult, I don't see this in the YA, but I see this definitely in the adult vampire centered books. Weirdly, a lot of incest. Mm. Like, like, it's weird. I'm okay with it within the context of the book that I'm reading because it's like vampire, adult vampire novels just come with it, I mm-hmm. guess. And it's like I can kind of switch off that part of my brain going, that's gross, just reading. Mm-hmm. And I think possibly because there's this idea of like when a vampire turns a human into another vampire, it's like they're fathering, mm-hmm. you know, or, or mother, you know, like siring. Yeah, siring. That's what they call yeah. It, yeah. And so there is a family connection there, but mm-hmm. also very frequently it's a sexy connection. And so I'm just warning you if you ever read lost souls which you probably did and i'm sorry i didn't tell you earlier (laughs) there's some actual fucking incest in that Mm. where jesse who wants to be a vampire she's trying to shed her human skin so she seduces her drunkard of a father awkward as they're both still very much human Hard to tell because it's in his point of view. And I'm like, maybe you are just saying that to try to vo- try to absolve yourself of the guilt, the fact that you raped your daughter. Yeah. But I thought <laughs> Hard like- to say. And that book is very much likes to play with the idea of questionable narrators. Yeah. Yes. I, I, very unreliable narrators in that book. I do feel like, though, if you could watch Game of Thrones... A vampire book isn't going to be that big of a deal to you. Oh, absolutely. If you're fine with the Lannisters, you'll be fine with vampires. <laughs> <laughs> so I think... I think that's all the time we have. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we covered most of the tropes of, of the modern day vampire. Yeah. Uh, if you can think of any others, you know, hit us up, send us an email or leave a comment. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. I think we I think we have the, the main ones, but uh, let us know if we're missing anything. Yeah. And if you read any of the books that we suggested, absolutely let us know on social media what you thought, if you hated it, if you can't believe that we would make you read that, if you never saw Game of Thrones and so Eris's suggestion just destroyed you. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you have any other book suggestions, that that yeah. would be cool. Like we're still taking vampire suggestions. We we uh we'll do a follow up episode. Not now, now, but eventually. Yeah. So all thanks right. for listening. Thanks. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to like 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 like. And subscribe to As The Myth Turns on Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. And visit us on Patreon.com/slash/atmt. Transcripts for this episode can be found at our WordPress site as themythturns.wordpress.com. Our theme song is called Fretless by Kevin McLeod. You can find this song and all his others at incompetech.com.